All right, everybody, welcome. Happy 7-Eleven Day. I, I guess I, I heard uh, somewhere that they were giving out free Slurpees today at 7-Eleven. I cannot confirm nor deny that, but that's what I heard. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Uh, it is an awesome day. Today we have Jeff of Jeff and Kelly Stafford, but I think it's just Jeff, or is it, or is it the both of you? Hit star six on your phone so we can hear you, please. Star six. Nope, it's just Jeff. Just Jeff. All right. Well, welcome, Jeff. So Thank you. The way I like to get started is just tell them a little about yourself, how long you've been doing this, and all that good stuff, please. Well, I um, am pretty much a Las Vegas native. My family moved here when I was three years old in 1964. Um, went to UNR, did the corporate life afterwards in San Francisco, had a chance to move back in 95, and um, Kelly started helping my mom kind of as a transaction coordinator in 95 while she got her license. My mom was licensed at a different company. And then once Kelly got her license, um, my mom said, okay, now you need to go someplace that will train you. So she did. Ah. And yeah. So, so um, Kelly left, went to Century 21 Money World, which became Prudential Americana, which is now Berkshire Hathaway. So, We've been with the same company um, from the beginning. For me, it's been 22 years. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. And I love that story because, um, you know, uh, we have a lot of people, Maria, Maria Martin, uh, Liz, uh, a lot of people that uh, came from Money World, and it seems like they're still a close-knit group, aren't they? Yeah, still are, yep. All right, cool. So, so you did the corporate world in San Francisco. I mean, talk about – I mean, a lot of people move from the Bay Area to here, don't you? I mean, you see that as an agent. Well, they, they do. One, they can sell their house and make a small fortune and come here and buy a dozen houses for less money if they wanted. Um, it, it, there's a, a whole – I miss the Bay Area. There's a whole beauty to it, but I didn't miss the traffic. I didn't miss the personal income taxes. I didn't miss – the school <laughs> the 10% a year, the state yeah. income tax, right? Yep, yep. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of bad, and my family and my wife's family were all here, so we, we took the opportunity to move back. Yeah, it's awesome. I remember uh, uh, Tina and I went there one time, and just from Oakland Airport to downtown, I think it's called the International Hotel, that nice big tall, I can't, but anyway, took me three hours <laughs> in my rental car. It's a 40-minute yep. drive at most, right? So, yeah. Just about, yeah. But uh, just, you know, and I moved here 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, and it's just, uh, I think it's an amazing. And, and what, a, like, how about the changes as far as, you know, the size of it since you've been here, right? Well, I mean, when we, when growing up here, there was a sign downtown off of I-15 that said, Population, welcome to Las Vegas. Population, 112,000. It was, it seemed like it was there my whole life, and then going away for college, going away for work, and every time we came back to visit family, it's like, holy cow, this place has just blown up. And you really notice it when you've been away a while, but mm. you kind of take it for granted when you're here and you see, oh yeah, there's a new apartment complex. Oh, there's a new casino. Oh, there's a new hotel. It's amazing. And the real estate values and 
You know, I remember, uh, do you remember Ed and Sharon House? Do you remember mm-hmm. that name ring a bell? Yep. Yeah, so when I was in my, my, when I started coaching in 1995, they were two of my first coaching clients in Vegas. And I remember him, he used to keep market stats, three to 5% appreciation. He owned several, in, in, and I was like, wow, that's a unique market. Um, and then it did what, you know, every West Coast and East Coast area does. The prices blew up, but we're still, uh, you know, um, I always refer to Vegas as the best deal on the West Coast. Yeah, definitely. All right, so tell us a little about how you do this thing. Like, you, you know, you've been doing this for a while now, and you, it, it became appealing to you when your wife started doing it part-time. And what was, like, what was the most appealing part to you to jump out of your corporate deal to uh, jump into real estate? Well, the, the job I had, I, I was off on Sunday and Monday. And my kids got to the point where they're either playing baseball or soccer every Saturday. And Kelly had the flexibility that she could go to take them to practice during the week, take them to games. And I was just trying to fit that in, and I didn't want to miss out on them growing up. So Kelly started making a good living selling real estate. And I said, okay, I'll make a change. And joined her and have been happy and blessed ever since. Yeah, now you guys have your team going there, so and you guys – you know, you, I always hear your name on awards day all the time. <laughs> so that's always good. So, yeah, it, so the freedom and, and the ability to, uh, you know, write, basically set your own schedule and be, be involved with your family. Well, so that was number one priority. Two, there's very few jobs where you can actually make what you're worth. If you're doing mm-hmm. a good job, you're going to make a lot of money. If you're not doing a good job, you're not going to make any money. And you know, I, I always like being rewarded for my efforts, and and where else can you get better rewarded than selling real estate? You know, you're preaching to the choir, my man. It's exactly why I got into the business because I always felt like even my limited exposure of working like one job, okay, one job in landscaping, and I and I noticed right away that if you're not the owner and he likes someone else better than you, even if you're better you don't climb the ladder as fast. So you're always, it's always relative to somebody else. In real estate, you get paid what you're worth because it's yep. you and the, right? So you're in a job interviewer. It is, a, it's not for everybody, but if you have that kind of mindset like you just described, it's an incredible business. Totally. Yep. So tell, give us a little like, insights like, um, like, you know, like what did you do last year and what, what is your goal this year? And then how do you do it to be nice too? Well, we we've been averaging around 22 million a year, and it's me, Kelly, two full-time agents, and one one part-time agent. That's that's the extent of our tra- our team. Um, and and how we do awesome. it, um, and, and you know, since COVID started, it's it's kind of been um, past clients and referrals, and, and in the beginning, we we worked hard. We we worked hard with every deal, whether it was a, a renter or a $60,000 condo. <clears throat> we did the best we could for those clients. And over 22 years, I mean, some of them, I've got, I've got one client who's got a, a chain of transactions that's 18 long. And, mm. and probably a dozen that have done over 10. So right. um, building that, that r- repeat, Business is vital, and it, what was vital for us 
and it, it allows you to take things a little easier in the twilight of your career because you've got your past clients come to you. You got tremendous fear. Yeah, you guys have a you know, and, 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 and obviously your customer service has to be incredible to rely on that too, right? Well, yeah, totally. And, and Kelly, uh, I talked to her last night. She goes, what are you going to talk about? Going to talk about how, how you treat your clients? Yeah, well, everybody should treat their clients like they are their last client. But do mm. we go above and beyond? Yeah, out-of-town client gets an alarm call at 10 o'clock at night. I go over there and check it out. Uh, hot water heater breaks at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. We go and arrange to get it taken care of if n- nobody's home. So we, we um, it doesn't seem to us like we're going above and beyond, but it, it does seem like that to the clients. And, and it oh, pays yeah. off when they call you. I, I'm going on a listing appointment today that I sold this guy a house in 2008. And um, he, he the last transaction with me was he sold an investment par- property in 2012. And he goes, so I guess this is it. I said, yeah, this is it for now, but, but who knows? And um, <laughs> I haven't really kept in touch with him, but he called me up and said, hey, I'm ready to, to downsize. So here we go. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, well, well, you know, now think about this for a second, Jeff. You know, you have people that deal with other companies, you know, like your dry cleaner, the supermarket, and they see how a lot of people have the attitude today of, no, 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 you pay me because I show up and I stay here in the building for the hour. You know, a lot of, a lot of people today do not have the attitude that you just described. So when you do in a world, and, and I, tell, I tell my kids the same thing. You know, you're always on a job presentation. You're all, always go 110, 120. Don't do the bare minimum because that's how people look at you. You've got to go in above and beyond, do the best, and then they can't help but talk to you. So you're in a business, and I'm going to say this, it's going to sound terrible, but you're in a business <laughs> where most of the agent's job is to make you look incredible. <laughs> and they do a great job. Don't they? Well, oh, yeah. yep, I, I agree. And, and oh, there's been a lot of new agents over the past few years. And uh, it's it's a matter of us walking them through the transaction, basically. Right. So I, I've got a, a deal right now where they, it was contingent on the buyers selling a house. The house had leased solar. Last week, the agent says, okay, we're under contract. We can remove the contingency. I said, okay, you got have you sold it? a home with lease solar. No, you got to jump on that. The seller needs to jump on it. The buyer needs to get their application in because if they don't, it's going to be a delay. And he goes, Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. The solar can be a pain in the butt, but yeah. Experience is very helpful, especially when you're dealing with newer people. Definitely. What do you like? Okay. So your sphere, you do a lot of business from your sphere, most of your business from your sphere. How do you stay like, do you keep track of who you've talked to? Do you do some – what's your system, basically? Well, my my system is not good, and if I were to change anything, it would be have good systems from the very beginning because a dozen times over the year I've tried to get things in order and change things. Got a, a database here that I do use for this, a database there that I use for that. Um, it's kind of a mental thing on keeping track of speaking to clients. Mm-hmm. 
I do remember their their home anniversary every year, and um, so, sometimes just in my my head, it's like, oh, I haven't talked to Rick in a while. I need to get on the phone with Rick, and so then I'll I'll cool. make a note. I had a, actually had a client um, last fall that that I was talking to her about this. I said, you know, I was just thinking about calling you. And and you called me, and she goes, me and my friends. Whenever we have that thought, we make that phone call. And there there is some um, something out in the metaverse that is causing you to think, okay, I need to talk to Ann, or I need to talk to Joe, and so I make those calls. Cool. Yeah. So you just you just kind of because it sounds like they become your friends, and and you're always in touch with them as well, huh? So, well, go ahead. Is that how you pretty much look at them? Well, it, it is, and and sometimes it's hard because when a transaction's over, they want to play golf, they want to go to dinner, and it's a, a delicate balance of keeping them feeling like a friend. But I mm-hmm. can't play golf with everybody. I can't go out to dinner with with everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, we tend to mm-hmm. space those things out, but still do it. And I, I look back at some clients that I've lost and I had a lady that, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> she um, called me, she called me or I called her and, and mm-hmm. she said, oh, you got to come by. We just remodeled the kitchen. You know, next time I'm in, the, I'm in the neighborhood, I'll go by. I didn't, didn't, didn't. And then a year later, I'm doing comps in the neighborhood and I see your house is for sale. Oh, <clears throat> but I, I, yeah. and I had done a couple of transactions with her. She was, a, she was from the sphere, former coworker, but I thought, you know what? I said, I would go, go by, look at the kitchen. I didn't. Right. She probably didn't think that she meant much to me. Right. So. Yep. I hear you. Yeah. And you know, and, and some people are, you know, take a lot of, uh, but that would, that would have been an easy one, right? Just go by, ooh and ah, the kitchen. And, but yeah, so you learn, you know, it's one of those yep. things, you know, nobody does, you know, I mean, I've lost clients and customers too. Some of them are just so time intensive that like, I just was talking to an agent before this call who had a, a seller whose market court ordered had to come off the property and off the market. I go, that's probably the best thing that's ever happened to you time-wise. Cause this woman was just, sucking up all his time, unfortunately. So you do have one of those every now and then where it's better to cut him loose. But every now and yep. then, you know, making a stop by or even a pop by, say hello, drop things off, you know, I think is a great idea. Yeah, definitely. And it, and it, they appreciate it. They, they never say, oh, I wish you'd stop calling me or don't come by. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, stop stopping by here, okay? It's really irritating. No, that, that that should say something <laughs> if they do say that to you. All right, so you've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, what do you, like, okay, so if we have agents out there that are newer or, because you did mention something, if anything I could do again, I would do, so give them a couple of pieces of advice. Like I'm trying to come out of the gates hot or maybe even take my business to the next level. What are the two or three most important things you tell them to think about? Well, Well, one, create good follow-up systems. So whether it be, through the VAC or top producer or the MLS, create good follow-up systems so that you don't let your past clients or 
possibly future plants slip through the cracks. Um, okay. Because it's almost impossible to go go back and fix it. So definitely that, and may have good phone skills. I mean, it's it's something that I wasn't taught. I found a way around it, um, but I, I'm to this day not comfortable calling in some instances. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable calling past clients and people that have reached out to me. It's just you know, expireds or fizzbos because I didn't do it in the beginning and found a way around right. it. I'm not doing it now. And and there and we do go after expireds and um have been very successful with them. Um Good. But typically typically it's by mailing and not calling. Nice. Well that's good then if you're mailing and you're getting some, you're doing it right because I don't know a lot of people who can get it get them by the mail. So that's great. Um, you know, it's it, 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 because a lot of people call them. But, you know, here's the thing about the market change as of, as of lately. There are more expires now than there have been in a long time. Well, yeah, yeah, more expires. We're probably going to see some foreclosures um, tick up a little bit. But that's just that's just part of the market. We, we go through that. Um, yeah. And there, there, there is something that we, we did – that is benefiting us now in 2007 when we started seeing all these foreclosures, Kelly and I made a conscious decision to not become REO agents. And Uh I thought, you know what? They, they list a house. Their only client is the bank. They're not creating any clientele. They may make a bunch of money, you know, for six months or a year. I, who knew it would last four or five years, but we, worked on developing our, our client base. And those are the same people that are, you know, have come back to us many times over the years to buy and sell. Yeah. Whereas, I, and, and that's a smart move because I can't tell you how many agents I know that once the REOs were, were gone, they basically had to start over from scratch because they didn't have any of the other stuff going on. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you, you look at who, who the big names were back in, back in the days doing REOs. Not a lot of them right. appear to be in business anymore. Same thing with yeah. short sales. People focused 100% on short sales. When you do a short sale, you, you've got a seller that can't buy, and you know it's a it's a ton of work. But down the road, right. you're not creating any any client base. T- totally agree. Totally agree. So so you have um, you have um, you, you know you have. Uh, what you mentioned, massive lead follow-up, which would be a great one. I would even say use the VAC 2.0 because it's really helpful for that. All right, mm-hmm. learn some skills like other forms of prospecting. Like to build your sphere, you should be calling and talking or door knocking to other groups so you build your sphere faster, right? Totally, totally. And, and who, who, you, you never know where your business is going to come from. So right. I, I had a, a buy and a sell a few months ago and – I clicked on this New York Life ad on the internet. Kelly and I wanted to get some. Um, we're talking about long-term care insurance. This guy called me up. I, we bought long-term care insurance from him. A couple of years goes by. He calls me up and says, "Hey," and he, and we had talked, and he told me, "I know this realtor. I know the guy that owns this company. This guy's a client of mine." 
he called me up and says, okay, need to, to sell my house and buy another one. So nice. I did. It's like, why, why did you pick me? You know these other heavy hitters. And he goes, because I knew I could trust you. Right. And he felt the other ones were kind of more, more fluff than, than not. Yeah, and, and that's a really good message for people, too, because you've got to be real with people. You've got to be 100% honest with them, over, you know, um, under-promise, over-deliver, and then they remember that when it comes time. They'll work with other people. I had, a, I had my financial advisor was the same way with me. He worked with a lot of realtors, but when it came time, he would use me, and it was for that reason, too. Especially when you, you – see, most super salespeople, like you just, what you just said made, made so much sense. You know, getting into conversation with people, deep conversation, not just superficial surface conversation. When you do that with people, okay, then, you know, they remember you. You make them feel special because everybody is, right? Yep. Where, as opposed to just being another number in their, you know, uh, if that's how they feel, they're not going to use you or refer you, especially refer you. Remember, referring almost takes more trust in using than themselves, most people think, well, I can handle me, but I'm not going to refer that person to someone else. Are you kidding me? Right? So uh, that's huge. Yep, what kind of referral business do you get from your from – your, do you have your people from your sphere call you up? Hey, I've got a friend. Hey, I've got a cousin. Hey, you probably have some of that going on too, right? We, we ha- it's, it's going on all the time. And not always will they um, call, but, you know, they may text, say, hey, it's, it's Jason. I got this – um, distant cousin moving up from Tucson. I gave her your number, and here's her number if you could reach out for her in a couple of days. So, I mean, that that kind of stuff happens all the time, and I think it's it is boils down to trust. You did a good job for those clients. They trust you with their friends and family and and coworkers to do a good job for them. Right. Good. Good. I love it. I love it. Cool. Anything else you can think of as far as tidbits for these guys that uh, may be helpful to their real estate career? Well, the, the, so for 22 years, we have had offices that look pretty much out. We can look out the window or out the door at the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And for 22 years, I see people come and I see people go. And after two weeks, I can tell who's going to make it. Not by their their okay. transactions, by the fact that they are showing up every day in the office, doing what they have been trained to do, and they're also absorbing knowledge from people around them because they can hear what's going on. So, it, it, if I could, you know, say one thing, it's show up. You're not going to get any quick gratification because real estate doesn't work that way. But everything you do, the foundation starts day one, and you're building on it from then. Cool. No, that's a great one. I love it. And, and you're right, because you, that's, that's interesting, because you, you do. You look right over the bullpen there. And I know you go out there and contribute, too, which is a very awesome. Thank you very much. Go out there, and you talk to people, and you help out, and I, and I love that. I think that's great. You know, and, and, but you're right. If they show up, if they do the right stuff, if they have the right attitude, you know, you're like at your office out there. You got Amanda and Mary and Suzanne. You got them doing role playing. They've got them, you know, their affirmations. Then they get on the phone together. And so, really, if you want to be successful in this business, uh, you just follow the system and 
you know, you'll be successful. Like, it, like we said earlier, though, it's not for everybody. You really got to want to do this job. Yeah. Yep. You've got to want to. And, and, you know, if, if, if you make a career change and get into this, for me, it was, um, I'm not going to rely on my wife to be the breadwinner for selling real estate. I got to get successful at it. Right. Yeah. She's awesome. You guys make a great team too. So, I mean, you know, over 20 million uh, year after year is incredible. It's a dynamite income, very rewarding, fulfilling, right? And, and, yeah. it's, and it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun most of the time. <laughs> All right, I have one serious question for you. Are you still eating your daily apple? I I try to. I um, <laughs> I actually broke down and got on some low-grade cholesterol medicine. Okay. But, um, the apple certainly helps, and I, I, I've also added a banana to my repertoire. Nice. Good. you got to have a little fruits and vegetables. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were in Amanda's office, and you were telling me about that. I'm like, that's great. I do the same thing. I, I've already had my apple and banana today myself, and I have a little orange as well. Got to eat good. It. It's a marathon, baby, not a sprint. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> but, you know, now think about this now. Okay, so – You've been doing this a long time, and the changes you've seen with this, um, you know, because I think Vegas, I don't think, think, Jeff, the average agent understands. If you've never sold real estate anywhere before or you haven't been in the business long enough, like Jack Woodcock, there's a whole bunch of people in your office, Harvey, they'd all understand this statement, is that you don't understand how awesome that this real estate market in Las Vegas is. Expireds all the time for sale by owners, turnover rate 7 8%, appreciation off the charts. It's an incredible market numbers-wise, isn't it? Oh, totally. And, and then you throw new homes in there. Yeah, and they go. So you've, you've got a, a, right. a dozen different ways to, to do business. And the infrastructure, just as somebody that used to put in roads and like with my one, one of my careers in real estate, I've been doing this for – 38, well, one time, I mean, for a decent period of my career, I was doing building, developing, and so forth. And just to see the roads and the way they put them in here and how ahead of the curve they are, you know, with the amount of lanes. And like the 215, I've seen that basically go from zero to hero since I've been here. When I moved here, Summerlin, that main building with all the lights at night, was a steel frame for years just sitting there, you know. And then now it's pretty incredible the way this area looks. It, yeah, it totally is. And, all, and just about everything that went bust during the Great Recession is now back and running. And when they get the Fountain Blue going, I think that will complete the... That'll be the last piece. You're right. I never thought of that. Yeah, because for years they've been just taking pieces away from it and doing... It's like watching that thing be December. I thought eventually they are just going to take it down, but now they're going to be finished. They start that, what, next year, right? I, I think it's supposed to open in 2023. So they're they're working on it. Oh, they are working on it. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. All right, Jeff. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for taking your time out this morning. This was awesome, my man. Really appreciate you and all the things you do. And uh, tell Kelly we said hello. And we will uh, we will talk soon. Thanks for taking your time. All right. Thanks, Rick. It was my pleasure. All right. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Jeff.